welcome, welcome, welcome back to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. We are reaching out once again. You know, we've had a, a fun string of interviews, but we got the Sunday Center here. We got Mr. Long. He's a man of many hats. I, I don't know where to even begin from retired professional wrestling to aspire. We, you know, we get a lot of people that are aspiring stand-up comedians, and I just ain't got the chops for it, man, but I'd love to do it. But, man, welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, it's going pretty good. Can't complain. I'm sitting here in Ohio, so I'm freezing, but you know. Hey, we're we're just brothers from another state, man. You're just right across the river. You know, as long as you're not from Kentucky, Virginia, or Pennsylvania, I can tolerate Ohio except for how bad you guys aren't driving. Did you think we're bad? You said Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, New Jersey, when I get booked for anything there, I instantly regret accepting it because the driving is horrible. The the more you go up the northeast corridor, I swear it gets worse. The yeah. the the worst interstate. Now look, I've never lived on the west coast, so I'm sure California sucks ass. Don't get me wrong, but for whatever reason, I ninety five going up and down the east coast is like the worst damn interstate ever created. And for whatever reason, the small stretch between New York and Boston that runs through Connecticut, I would oh, rather yeah. I would rather walk. I, I hate it. I anytime I go through New Jersey, I'm I have like. I'm bending my steering wheel like a stairmaster, just hoping someone doesn't wreck into me because they're just they just don't care. Is it worth driving through New Jersey just to have somebody pump your gas for you though? Oh, you know what it is. It is kind of nice. Look, I'm I'm almost want to just hire someone to go follow me around and pump my gas for me. It's not having to get out the car and I, when it's cold. We used to be a proper country. <laughs> just saying, but I, I got a lot to ask you about that. I mean, you, you have a very interesting past and, and you know, I haven't revealed this to you, but I am a big time professional wrestler and a, and a stand-up comedy fan. Did you watch the new uh, Chappelle special on Netflix yet? I have not. I love Chappelle. I just haven't got a right. So ever since I started doing comedy, it's kind of harder for me to actually watch stand-up specials. Um, just because I don't want it influence in my comedy oh, yeah. where I end up like Carlos Mencia and just, we don't want that. Though. Right. I don't want to do that. But I mean, it's tough because you want to watch the best, but you know, someone like that is so like, it's so great. It's hard not to like let some of that rub off on you, but like a lot of, let me ask you this, when you were starting out, uh, getting in and I'll get to how you got to that point, but getting into the stand up comic game. You know, what? how did you prepare for that? Did you just go in, like, open mic one night and you're good to go? Did you put any prep work in? Were you studying local comics? Like, how'd you do it, man? You know, I just, I said, so I had my experience in wrestling. So I was used to being in front of a crowd, and I was used to kind of just not preparing for what I'm going to say, just going up there and winging it based off how the crowd is. And that's kind of how I jumped into the open mic the first time I did it. Um, we had a, it was actually just a local bar up here that was ran by like some college students or open mic night. And I just emailed him and said, Hey, I, you know, I've always wanted to try this out. Do you mind if I come by? And I went there, got up on stage and just fell in love with it right away. Um, you know, it was college students, so they were all drunk. So no matter what I said, I probably would have been funny to them. Um, and my first one is very, I go back and watch it. It's very cringe. I'm like, Oh, why did I even think that was laid out right in my head? But I just winged it. Like I didn't prepare really. 
Um, even now, even when I do it now, like I have kind of my structure just from doing it so many times. Cause you don't, every show you're obviously not coming up with new jokes. Um, that's just impossible to do. So I kind of got the jokes that I know are going to kill it every time. And then I have my jokes kind of in the back of my head where I know, okay, if I lose the crowd and they have this vibe, I can do this joke and kind of bring them back in. I, I said, do you have any, any that you've, you've thought about throwing out there and maybe read the room and you're like, man, I don't know if the crowd's ready for this joke. Uh, so one time I got booked at a, it, it was like a theater school, but it's an old Catholic building that they turned into a theater school. Um, and I do a couple of religious jokes. And once I got there, I was like, yeah, let me go ahead. And I mean, they gave us like a whole tour of the thing and talked about how it's haunted and like, People would see nuns walking through and stuff. I'm like, yeah, let me throw out all my Catholic jokes. I don't want to die. I thought I thought nuns were supposed to go to heaven. How are they ghosts? That doesn't make sense. You know what? It it makes sense somewhere. <laughs> I, I I guess I'll try to rationalize that the best I can. <laughs> uh, but I, I I I'd love to ask you uh, about your wrestling background. So like, what was what was your gimmick and and how did were you inspired by Dolph Ziggler to try to do the stand up comedy? Because isn't that what he did? He was like a yeah. wrestler trying to do comedy. Like, how did you get into the business to begin with? So uh, there used to be a local sh- uh, local TV show down here. Um, and they would do like wrestling news every Sunday, a live show call in. I started calling into that show, just kind of talking crap. Um, I was like a six, 15, 16 year old kid who thought he knew everything. Um, but they were also pro wrestlers and they eventually branched off that and opened their own wrestling promotion. Um, and I got in with one of the guys who ended up opening a training school when I was 16 so I ended up getting into the training school and started training. Um, and it, it was the worst, uh, probably the worst start to a pro wrestling career because this guy was training us on a, a dirty mattress in his backyard. Like, yeah, he didn't have a ring. Like, he he bamboozled us into it. And he didn't have a ring. He had, like, a dirty mattress in his backyard that we were learning how to bump on. And uh, he had, like, garden hoses wrapped from his porch, you know, like the, the ledge of his porch to his garage that we'd use for, to run the ropes, learn how to run the ropes. So the ropes it, were garden hoses? They were just garden hoses. It was like, it was like I've seen backyard companies with a more expensive setup uh, than where I originally started training. I, I, got, I, got, I got to ask because I know wrestling school can be expensive. Did you pay for this fine training? I I did I did pay for it because uh, I was you're, 16. You're a, you're a sucker. I was you. 16. And, but you know, I mean, so I learned a lot because, I mean, he he knew what he was doing. So I can't say I went there and didn't learn anything. Um, I learned a lot of the stuff, but I didn't get the full expectation of what's going to happen when I because bumping on a mattress, believe it or not, is not the same as bumping in a ring. Um, so when I took that first bump in the ring, yeah, a little bit different than that mattress in his backyard. Uh, was it better feeling to actually bump in a ring versus uh, the the dirty syphilis infested mattress that was back there? I mean, I had I didn't have to worry about STDs as much in a ring as I did on the mattress. I mean, <laughs> well, hopefully he, you had the whole singlet, you know, weren't just out there in like the uh, the Randy Orton tights. 
Oh God, no! I did not. Even then, I didn't have the body for a Randy Orton tights. I was, I was a full head to toe, cover everything I could, uh, wrestler. So, what was what was your wrestling name? So I went by the old school Thriller, um, and then I eventually switched. I had the mask somewhere. I became L Stoner. L Stoner. Um, I had a little mask with like the face was a, a weed plant, um, which is crazy because I've never done any type of drug in my life um no I, no never ever have i ever <laughs> done anything never uh, never i'm you know what i smoke cigarettes that's bad enough for me i realize you gotta you gotta quit that shit man, man I, 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 I smoked for a long time and I, I had to put it down it, it's hard man it is hard and you know when i was when i was active in wrestling i was in good shape like i well i mean was when like you know brock lesnar or nothing um but i wasn't you know the lump that i am today um you know so smoking then i could still go out there and do a 30 minute match and be fine now if i bend over to tie my shoe i'm like sucking oxygen so yeah it's bad. i did one match i i officially left the business on uh, the wrestling aspect in 2019 um, because of health reasons. Another loss to COVID, I guess. <sighs> well, it was, it was a year before COVID. So, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to blame COVID anyways. I'm there patient. you go. I'm patient zero. I got it in 2019. <laughs> I spread it. You, you eat know, one you know, we're, we're over here in uh, West Virginia. And I don't know if you remember this, but we were the last state to fall. We were the uh, last. We were the last state with a reported case. They were making T-shirts here. They're <laughs> like, COVID's not coming to the mountain state. But uh, that was all a lie. It did. It got there eventually. It just like most people, it tried to avoid West Virginia. Hey, just the, the road. Way. Just the roads. You know how you can tell if someone's drunk driving in West Virginia, right? Driving straight. Exactly. See, <laughs> that's what happens. So where where are you at in Ohio? Did I read this correctly? You're an aspiring uh, Akron uh, politician. Is that, is that still a thing? So no, uh, that was. That was the goal. Um, and that didn't really pan out because I'm too, I'm too liberal for the conservatives and too conservative for the liberals. So it just so Ak the way Akron is is it's a very um no oh, my I guess, dog my oh, dog just doggy. knocked my power off. Oh, that huh. damn that damn dog! What kind of dog do you have? I have a pit bull. Oh, okay. well, I, I wasn't saying anything bad about the dog. I don't want the pit bull to come after me one day. Look, she, she's, she's actually good. She'll just lick you to death. Um, <laughs> no, uh, you know, they're, they're good dogs. They just get a bad rap, man. Um, it, it's all about how you raise her. I mean, she's the sweetest thing in the world. She was a rescue. Um, her parents were dog. They were being used for dog fighting. Her dad was, and her mom was being used for a bait dog and they got busted and, all that. So yeah, it's I'm I'm a big animal guy. Three cats and a dog, all rescues. I'm a I'm an animal person. Is that is um, a pit bull pit bull like the kitty cats? Oh yeah, they get along great. It's weird. Uh, it's it's probably something religiously wrong with it. I um, I got my co-host that showed up here and they're like listening. They're like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> um what was the question? Oh, politics. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Politics. <laughs> so just like I mean, same as dogs, but um, yeah, so just so in Akron, it's a very you cannot win a race in Akron if you're not a Democrat, like right. full blown. I, I'm aware of that because every time there's a damn election, they talk about the Cuyahoga Valley and that whole area being blue as hell. But oh, yeah. uh, 
Hey, that, you got to do what you got to do. So what, what were you right. running for? You said city council. Is that yeah, what? city council. So what, just, what, what are the challenges facing Akron? What made you want to run for something like that? Uh, just the, the crime has gone crazy in Akron, which I think it basically post pandemic, it's gone crazy everywhere. Yeah. Um, but it's, and I don't know if it's gotten worse or it's just reported more because there's nothing else to report on during COVID other than COVID and crime. Um, but it, it's gotten bad. And then, you know, we had a uh, last year uh, situation where a young black man got killed by Akron police uh, unarmed, allegedly, or he, they claim he was armed. It's a whole thing, but he was shot like over 40 times by the Akron police. So I just kind of wanted to get in and just kind of have an insight of that and be like, what the hell's really going on here? Um, because they, they hide a lot from the community. Um, but yeah, it didn't I, that's work what, out. that's what politicians in uh, small towns do too. I promise. Oh yeah. It's everywhere. It just, it's, it's hard to get into. Then once you do, it's like, it just, corrupts so maybe it's better i didn't what uh what was your uh finishing move as a wrestler i didn't ask you that so i used to use what's called the code breaker yeah uh, I, 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 so I, i'm i'm educated if the <laughs> listeners aren't screw them they can look it up the code yeah, breaker. Yeah. Right, look I'll... it up uh i i did it better than jericho and i've Ooh. never yeah well you know just, just no back elbows those are just, that's not a yeah. good that's not a good finishing move wait did you have a do you have a submission or were you just going for the uh you know the kill with the code break just going with the kill i was like you know what i'm better than jericho i don't need to submit you after this you can just pin you um but i used that for a while and then uh as my mobility started getting a little worse i moved to just a lariat um uh, Stan Hansen type lariat. I like that, which is I, very, very violent. I loved it. it. Yeah, you don't, you don't need to put anything extra on it except just a little. Mm, you yeah. got it. That's it. the The only problem with the lariat is you end up eventually over time doing more damage to yourself than you ever did to anyone else because you're rotating. Yeah. yeah, your shoulders just taking it every time. Man, I, I know he's full of shit and just says stories all the time, but uh, I, I do believe Hulk Hogan when he talks about like the leg drop absolutely destroying his oh, back yeah. over the years. I saw a picture of him lately standing next to the rock, and he's like two or three inches shorter now. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he's bad. You know, Hulk Hogan also invented the code breaker, probably. Oh, he did. Bad. And one time, I, 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 he, I, my favorite is that he wrestled 400 nights in a year. That's my favorite story. Well, see, when you fly to Japan and you fly back, it adds actually, it makes sense. Just don't. See, you're, you're drinking the Kool Aid now. I, I see don't it Google is. it. Don't Google it. Just believe him. He was, I mean, how can you not believe a man that almost became a part of Metallica? Come on now. Uh, he was the bass player that got away. <laughs> yeah. He just, I mean, they're just kicking themselves. Now, you know, if Hogan would have been part of Metallica, they never would have went after Napster. No, that would have been fine because yeah. he would have invented Napster. Yeah, yeah. Excellent light, brother. Right, yeah. He probably, he probably was sitting in a college dorm room one day with Mark Zuckerberg and was like, man, I just wish there was a website, brother, where you could... <laughs> it's like a yearbook, brother, but you put your face on it, brother. <laughs> Next thing you know, we got Facebook. It's uh, that's how story. it happened. That's how it happened. So I, I I gotta I want to get to this if you're wanting to talk about it because I know there's some stuff with Buff Bagwell that's happened. Is that cool to talk about? How do you feel about that? Man, you know what? I have never talked about it since the situation happened. Um, it's kind of something I 
have stared away from just because it's a part of my life that really fucking put me in a bad light. Sure. Um, but I mean, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I got to, I me and Buff started a podcast together. Uh, extremely popular. Buff had uh, a guy running his social media that was just not really interacting with people. And he wanted someone that had a personality to run his Facebook or his, his Twitter that had a personality. Um, so I, you know, I agree. He asked me if I could run it. I agreed. And I wasn't the only one running it. Uh, once he got in with DDP, DDP's group started running it as well. And I kind of became the scapegoat for Buff Bagwell because, so here's the thing with DDP and Dallas is great. Whatever he D he helps Scott Hall look sober in public. So <laughs> good for him. Um, but DDP is nothing more than a PR guy. Um, it don't matter. He knew Buff was coming there Monday through Friday to do the TV show. They were filming with Butterbean and a whole bunch of other people with different addictions, whether it be food or whatever, trying to get clean or trying to lose weight or trying to get healthy. And he knew on Saturday, Friday night, Buff was going home and getting messed up on pills and alcohol. He knew it. I knew it. Steve, you knew it. Everyone knew it. It is what it is. Buff's clean now. I truly believe Buff's clean now. I will say that. Um, just because I, I can see the difference between the Buff I was dealing with and Buff today in these interviews he's doing and, and all that stuff. Um, so, you know, and I don't have any ill will towards it. It is what it is. Um, There's more I'm, of a combination of the situation and things, right? Right, right. And I'm happy for Buff. I'm glad that he's sober. I'm glad that he's clean. And I'm glad he's getting his life together because, I mean, there was nights I've had to carry him. Like, not obviously, I'm not carrying Buff Bagwell. <laughs> but there was nights like I had to literally get him into his hotel room because he couldn't walk. You know, he was so messed up on pills and all that. And well, was, I mean, wrestlers live a different life. Like the regular, oh yeah. the regular world doesn't always apply to what their purview is. And and he was still, well, not still, but he wrestled during the time whenever it was still kind of fast and loose. You know, it's a little different nowadays. Oh yeah. Everything's so corporate and, and streamlined, but you know, back then, holy shit, they, right. they got in all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And the, I mean, the man broke his neck, you know what I mean? I mean, I can understand, you know, developing an addiction at that point is you break your neck in this sport. You can't take the full amount of time you need to heal because mm -hmm. you're going to lose your spot. Well, and then they put him through that terrible angle with Judy Bagwell that, I mean, I'd, I'd probably do drugs after that. Yeah, that's true. That's oh man. That I did drugs after watching it. I couldn't imagine. <laughs> Do they have a Judy Bagwell on a pole match? Is that they, what, how it well, culminated? I can't remember. Technically, she was on a forklift, but they oh, called it a right. Judy Bagwell. But um, you know, and I felt <laughs> because I was with Buff when his mom when Judy passed away, um, mm -hmm. which passed away from COVID and all that. And I, you know, yeah, I was, it just made me feel like shit for making fun of all oh, that. It's like, oh, 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 by the way, <laughs> by the way, she's dead. Um, <laughs> Damn it, man. But yeah, no, I mean, you know, and I was there for him for all that. And I felt really bad. And he really spiraled out of control after that. Yeah. Um, I mean, he got worse than he was at the beginning of my relationship with him. Um, but, you know, some things got messed up because he wasn't getting sober. And I remember getting a call from Dallas uh, that Buff messed up and we need to 
I need to pretty much take the blame so he can continue working with Dallas and Dallas can make him a success story. So it is what it is. And, you know, I'm, you know. So you feel like the fall guy. I, I Yeah, I became, which, at the, I mean, I knew. You were the I low would, guy on the A. Hey, look, if we're talking yeah. about these established stars, you know, right, I, right. I get it, man. Who's going to be mad, you know, when it comes to Buff Bagwell or some no-name guy? Who You seem like you've kind of come to terms with this pretty well, man. I, that's admirable. Well, you know, it's been like two years, I think, since it happened. Shit, I know um, people that hold on to who stole their milk money in third grade still. You know? Yeah, I mean, well, that's true. Um, I mean, I'm I can't really talk about it, but I did, you know, get get taken care of for the situation for you know being oh, yeah, we guy. don't have to go into all that stuff. Yeah, but, but uh I, I can imagine running a social media platform any platform for a wrestler because the the wrestling fans, the marks out there. They, they're they're nuts. And here's the thing. So when I took over for Buff on his social media page, I want to say he had roughly a thousand followers. Um, within two weeks of taking it over, he I had him trending like four or five times, and I think his his follower account jumped to like twenty some thousand while I was running it. Um, so I mean, I did what I was supposed to do. Um, you know, but it is what it is at the end of the day. You know, once I was gone, obviously, if you look at his Twitter now, the content is not there. But you know, I got him where he needed to be, so good for him. Eh, it is what it is, man. Right. So, so on the accord of wrestling here, I see that you you got some figures back there. I see some CM yes. Punk pictures. Uh I, I so do you have a do you have a Mount Rushmore of uh professional wrestling? I do. Um it's not, I guess it's not really uh it's your Mount Rushmore. Right, I'm, right. Not, I'm not here it's, to tell you you're wrong. I'm just here right. to listen. Uh it's not really woke to say this, but Ric Flair is like the head of my Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Um, definitely goes Ric Flair, uh Rowdy Piper, CM Punk, which I'm sure people hate that. Um geez, a fourth one. Probably Savage. Uh, I like that Mount Rushmore. And, you know, the thing about Piper is he's an acquired taste for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. I think everybody can acknowledge his greatness, but you, you talk about it's not woke to say Ric Flair. Go back and watch some of those promos from Rowdy <laughs> Piper, kids. Oh, my God. You go watch <laughs> WrestleMania 6. You can find it. It isn't on Peacock, his they, match at least. They, they don't like to reference some of that. Yeah, we don't talk about that anymore. My my favorite thing, um, I'm a, I'm – you know, I'm kind of like you where I'm middle of the road guy. I don't really go too left or too right, but I, I'm kind of a Bill Maher fan. And oh, yeah. I, I remember back in the day, uh, he had that show politically incorrect. And do you remember when uh, Piper yeah. was on there? And Piper dropping his pants in the middle of the show. He was ready to beat everybody's ass. He was, it was all yeah, la, off Vader in Kuwait or whatever that was. Oh, yeah. It was that type of thing, but only with Bill Maher. So <laughs> that was indelible. So on CM Punk, are you glad to see him back in the E? Is he, is he a villain now or is he repairing that reputation or is it always going to be a split hair with him? Oh, it'll always be a split hair with him. You're going to have people, you know, people that hated him six months ago when he came back to AEW are loving him now and people that loved him six months ago when he came back to AEW hate him now it's uh, the tribalism in wrestling uh, is that was the crazy. word i was going to drop but why is it so tribal 
I hate it, man. You know what? And I grew up during the Monday Night Wars. Like, I grew up during the time in wrestling where you really could have been tribalistic. And, like, I don't – but then again, we didn't have the internet then, but I don't remember ever, like, even at school. And you never had, like, oh, WCW this, WWF. Like, we're just wrestling fans, man. Just watch wrestling. Enjoy enjoy what you enjoy. Enjoy the ride. That's all. Now, I will say I preferred CM Punk in AEW. Just because it felt like he had more freedom there, obviously. It, it was very different, maybe too much yeah. freedom, but it was all new. Yeah. You know, even coming back to WWE, it's not all new, uh, but a lot of it will be because of the younger yeah. guys. But with AEW, it was all new. And, you know, he early on, he did all right. And then once he started getting injured and then the backstage stuff and all that, you know, it, it was yeah. sad. It, Wembley was such a cool event. It sucked that that kind of stole the headline away. You know what? It, it, that's something I talked about. It seems like every time AEW has a big major milestone moment, something happens to just take attention away from it. Um, just like with this with this last show um end of the world is supposed to be you know the devil the devil's reveal was supposed to be the big thing all anyone talked about was chris jericho inviting someone back to his hotel room yeah and uh, allegedly being inappropriate oh they uh when they when they were i don't know if it was this week uh this week or last week i can't remember i can't keep track of time but during jericho he came out and made a save for uh sammy guevara they, they and kept they, his music yes they because they did they didn't know how the crowd was going to react yep. like we can't have him boo him yet let's just keep playing judas until they're done i i noticed that that was last night actually and i noticed it because we have we have a group text for the podcast i do and uh i text as soon as i saw i'm like they're keeping his fucking music playing just <laughs> just so people don't boo him because it wasn't it, it was daily's place so usually you know oh, before, yeah. everyone would be singing his song you didn't have that last night yeah, that was their stomping ground through COVID, and that's when oh, the, yeah. when the fans started coming back. That time they first sang Judas, it was special because we had missed things like that, right? So it, it's, but that's how wrestling is, man. It, you're, it's amazing. They're they're in the public eye more than any celebrity. I swear to God, because yeah. there are there are dudes living in their mom's basement that do nothing but like look at airport flights on when the wrestlers are coming in, oh, and they, God, it's just insane how they are. The dirt sheets and all that stuff and you never know what's true or not half the time but damn it's it's almost fun on what happens between the shows more than what happens uh during the show sometimes just because it can be so crazy yeah i mean wrestling fans are a different breed man uh usually a breed that does not use deodorant but uh <laughs> I, I remember a lot of times uh like when we'd go do these conventions and stuff uh we would check into the hotel room and someone would recognize Bob and come over, and you could tell if they're there by the for the convention by the way they smelled. Like it, <laughs> sadly, that's the truth. Wrestling fans, not all of them, not all of them, but a lot of them are not the most hygienic of people. It's just smelling like microwavable burritos everywhere, and you're like, oh, "What the man. hell is that?" Onions and microwavable burritos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So so while you re- while you wrestled, did you have any brushes of greatness with anybody in the ring or any shows that you were a part of? Or you know, you're like, damn, this is pretty cool. Yeah, I've, I've quite a few. I actually last year the one show I returned for 
uh, which I just did a battle royal because I'm not in no shape to do a real match. Um, it was actually in the same arena that the NWO debuted in, that Hulk Hogan oh. made his turn in. The uh, Daytona Beach Arena. With a but whose center. side is he on? Right. That's, you know, and that was the coolest shit ever. And uh, that was actually, you know, me and Buff did that show together. And that was the first time he'd actually seen me in the ring. So that was kind of cool because uh, he gave me some pointers and some tips and some things. Uh, and that show was just stacked. Vampiro was there. Um, EC3 was there. Okay. Um, uh, who else was there? Dan Severn was there. Larry oh, Sabisco. Wow. Like the show was stacked with legend. It was, it was half convention, half wrestling show. Um, so that was really cool. The Nature Boy, Paulie was there um not the real nature boy that we care about but <laughs> if you can't get in front of rick flair get in front of paulie screw that, it it's there the you go <laughs> might um, as well the few the three or four people that know who paulie will get it um but yeah so that that was really cool that was a really cool experience but like before that i've been on shows with um you know i, I came up in an area ohio is a, a weird kind of area where it's easy to get guys to come here just because Ohio's kind of like the center of places. Um, so like I'd be on shows with Tracy Smothers, who oh yeah, I I learned so much from Tracy was one of the best ever. He's I great for the him. indie. He's so great for the indie scene, or was so great for the indie scene because he did a lot of stuff here in West Virginia. And like oh, any yeah. any small town wrestler I ever meet, like they've had some type of interaction with him. Oh, Tracy was cool. Tracy didn't care if you've been wrestling one year or you know twenty years. Tracy treated everyone the same, and he was quick to give you advice and you know and just teach you stuff. So that was really cool. I love Tracy to death. It sucks he's gone. Mm. Um, Manny Fernandez is another one. The Raging Bull. Oh, yeah. Uh, I actually wrestled him. And that man, his working punches are the hardest I've ever been punched in my life. <laughs> uh, I would hate him to shoot punch me. Dude, that's is... that's just old man strength, too. Oh, man. yeah. like They're just built different. Barrel-chested, yeah. big old boys. Just, ah. Uh... Yeah, yeah, man, Manny beat the hell out of me. And he's like, and he, it's funny because we got to the back. He's like, you know, I went easy on you out there because I like you. I was like, well, God damn, what's it like when you don't like someone? <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't want to find out. <laughs> no, not at all. I stayed on his good side. But yeah, he was really cool. Um, I did a few shows with Punk back in the day when he was kind of, you know, before he signed with the WWE. Okay. Um, Blue Meanie we did a lot of shows down here. He's always a class act very funny do, do um, you miss it at all because it's kind of like a renaissance for the independent wrestling scene here lately I, I i honestly and i just think man if i would this you know if i would have been 21 year old me today how much different things could have been <laughs> you know but it probably wouldn't have been different i probably would have been the same i sucked but it was uh, okay i knew how to take an ass beat and that's why i got booked because I could, you I could, could get sell. the other guy over. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could sell. And that, you know what? And I always preferred putting other people over. Like I got over myself on the microphone because I just had that kind of ability where I can freestyle out there. And yeah, you, you, you kind of, yeah, I don't, I don't, I hope this doesn't go the wrong way, but you kind of got an Eddie Kingston vibe to you a little bit, just the way you speak and carry yourself. Is that, is that fair? I think that's fair to say. I just didn't yeah. get the attention he got. Um, 
you needed the Island. you needed the beard, the five o'clock shadow. That that, that, that does it. My beard grows in like an Obama phone coverage area. Like you get a little bit here and a little bit here. You got to put water on it. You got water. That's what it is. Like the yard. But I, I, I'm a little pressed for time. I still got some few minutes, so I do want to dive into. uh, You know, we we got Michael here with us. uh, Sunday Center podcast. You know, I want to hear a little bit more about that and what all goes into that effort, that labor of love that you've been working on. So for that, I, I mostly talk politics um just different things uh, i think you're insane for wanting to do that in today's world but you know and <laughs> i'll tell you what i i live my life on the edge um but i you know if i haven't really done much new content for that lately uh just because i've i don't know what's happened the last few months but i've gotten my passion back for professional wrestling um so i joined some people that had a wrestling podcast already going and we're doing shows like four times a week uh, so that's taking up a lot of my time. So I haven't really focused much on the political show, but I'm sure eventually I'll get bored with wrestling again. And we'll jump back into that of just trying to piss people off. I don't know, man, you might be booked up through WrestleMania season. Like they started it in survivor series time frame this, this year. And I like, I, I feel like the season's gotten longer and more exciting things are happening. So you might be a little busy with that. That is, I will be in Philadelphia WrestleMania weekend. I got a oh. few things going on. So are you, are you going to mania? I haven't decided yet. I'm still waiting on a couple of people. I know to see if they're going to give me some free tickets that work there. Give me some comp tickets. Because uh, I don't like paying for wrestling. They're not cheap either. Man, look, nosebleeds are expensive. And SummerSlam may be coming to Cleveland next year or this year. No way. Yeah, they're talking about doing uh, SummerSlam in Cleveland, which would be kind of crazy at Brown. St- I think Brown Stadium. Oh, uh, well, they did it in Nashville, right? So, I mean, right, that, that works for me. And you know what? Cleveland's always been a big wrestling town. I mean, if you look back at just kind of the history of Cleveland and wrestling. Uh, you know, WCW was bought in Cleveland. You know, so many big moments happened in Cleveland. So, you know, I, I could see SummerSlam being here. Well, I hope you get SummerSlam in the backyard. That would be fantastic. Nobody puts on a spectacle quite like the uh, the the WWE. But I, I haven't been to a show uh, for a few years there. I went to AW show a couple years ago, and they, they put on a really good live show. But the only yeah. problem is they do. Like at the time they were doing Rampage and Dino. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Like we didn't stay for the whole thing. I was exhausted. I was like, I'm I'm done. I'll tell you, I went to Raw a few weeks ago for my birthday. It just happened on my birthday. They were in Cleveland. Uh and I basically went just because I wanted to see CM Punk. The last two times I've gone to the Quicken Loans Arena or the Romo Fijo in Cleveland to see CM Punk, he had been gone. Like the first time was the night he walked out of WWE. <laughs> the second time was the collision. I bought tickets. He got fired from AEW the week before that show. So I had no luck in Cleveland with CNC and Punk, uh, but finally on my birthday, I got to. We went to the one when he went into business for himself a little bit and started calling out oh, Hangman. Yeah. Uh that was uh that was good. Felt a little disrespectful because you know bad. he because CM Punk comes out and he goes. Hey, I'm here to pick a bone with someone from these parts. And we're like, who's he talking about? <laughs> is is Heath Slater here? I don't know right. what's going on. Jamie Noble. Uh, yeah. and, and Stephen then, P. New. 
So he, so he goes, uh, Hangman Page. And I'm like, that son of a bitch is from Virginia. That's not even right. close. <laughs> uh, and then everybody booed, and not, he probably didn't know why. But that's okay. We're easily forgotten. But, <laughs> man, I got a, I got a whole other uh, show I got to get to with my boys here. But I appreciate you joining, and, you know, I appreciate the stories. I feel like there's more wrestling and Sunday Center podcast episode topics we could probably dive into uh, another time, another day for sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we make a trip every summer to, uh, Lake Erie up there and do some walleye fishing a little North of where you're at. And I gotta say, it's, uh, one of the best experiences I ever get to do. So I don't know if you ever go up there and, and do anything on the lake, but that's good times for us. I do not do anything near lakes or creeks or streams or ponds or I avoid outside of my shower. I avoid water. <laughs> Can you swim? That's the question. i don't want to find out <laughs> just throw them in the deep end like john wayne did in that one movie i guess <laughs> oh shit all right so you want to give a rundown let's give everybody a shout out real quick you got the wrestling podcast you've been working on in the sunday center what's the name of the wrestling podcast the round table pro wrestling podcast we're on twitch youtube all that fun stuff i, I don't even mess with twitch man is that is that is that worth getting into we just got a like a warning from Twitch for vulgar content. And we got one from Twitter too, because we live stream on Twitter as well. Really? I'm like, you've got people with like posting videos of double fists and on Twitter, but us talking about something is vulgar. Like, come on now. Yeah, it's, it's I don't know. No, sometimes we get a little overboard with the jokes, but it is what it is. Grow up. Mm -hmm. It's it's comedy. What about uh, you got any stand up appearances uh, coming up anywhere soon? Uh, not right now, just because of my regular day job has got me working like 70, 80 hours a week right now. And those day jobs suck, man. Look, I just want to not have to pay bills. Like that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be all right with me. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. But yeah, so I don't got any stand up right now playing. Um, usually I take the winter out just cause I hate driving in snow and I hate traveling in the cold. I'm not a cold person. Um, so I take the winter off usually and then do like a little summer tour of local comedy clubs throughout the Northeast and all that. All right, man. Well, hey, I, it's been fun. Uh, I can talk wrestling with anybody any night and all the other stuff too, man. It's always uh, good conversations for me. Hope everybody enjoys as much as I did, but hey, I'm going to run. I appreciate you joining and man, have a, have a great one. Get back onto the Sunday Center schedule, man. We, I need to check that out. Oh, definitely. Definitely. All right, brother. Appreciate all right. it. Yep. Take care.